You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 150 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler. I'm here with Basie Jaden. Hello, it is I. <laughs> so great. <laughs> is it actually that much different? It is extremely, yeah, it's much, much deeper. You got a new microphone for Christmas. Uh, so <laughs> Jaden's going to It captures my voice a lot more accurately, I expect. Yeah, hopefully. And, and Jaden foolishly said that... Uh, he thinks that now people will be able to tell him and Chandler apart. So I'm going to need all of our listeners to confuse them at every opportunity. <laughs> Just at every every possible time that we can. Wait, hey, man. Jaden and I are going to get confused now? I <laughs> don't know. I don't know. All I know is I've been told in person at conventions that I don't sound like what people thought I would look like. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't look like you speak Yeah, I don't look like I sound. So, uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know if that's a compliment or what I'm supposed to do with that information. But it's information I have. So well, there, there we go. go. Yeah. Uh, we're getting into the tail end of the holidays. Uh, it's We're recording this just prior to New Year's. I don't know when this will go up, but it'll be pretty close to New Year's. So we'll finally get to leave 2020 behind and enter another year that's probably pretty similar, but uh, well, it has hope. <laughs> but has hope. It has hope in it. Yeah, we had hope in 2022, Brett, <laughs> because right. nothing horrible was happening when it started. Are you, are you from the future, Chandler? How do you I know? Said what 2022. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh 2020 cool. as well. Now I 2020 as well. Yes. God damn you, human. <laughs> That's why I don't talk to people. Uh, yeah, Except so that's where us. we're at. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so stuff going on in with you know 2021 coming up. Uh, we got some news going on because Privateer Press dropped some stuff for us that we're going to talk about a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that Privateer Press posted recently in uh, Insider that dropped uh, on the 29th of December, <clears throat> as well as uh, talking about some new stuff we got going on. Which is going to be good times. For now, uh, we're going to kind of run down some of the stuff that popped up in the Looking Ahead to 2021 uh, Insider. Insider. Yeah, it had to be an Insider. It yeah, it doesn't really like say Insider anyway. No, never mind. It does in the tags down at the bottom. The SEO says Insider down at the bottom. Perfect. Uh, so the first thing is we have news about Lock and Load. Uh, Lock and Load 2021 is not going to be happening. Which is unfortunate, but is yeah, what it is. Sense, it's also so. completely expected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if anybody thought that you were going to conventions next year, you probably live in like I don't know Especially somewhere. Especially conventions in Washington State. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah yeah definitely. So uh, yeah, lock and load is going to be postponed off to probably 2022, and we'll see how things are at that point. But uh, they are going to be doing the kind of online keynote and stuff like that, just like they did this last year, uh, which was pretty fun. So, uh, sad, but we'll all see each other again someday, I guess, someday. probably, hopefully, maybe, I don't know. Even if it's like trudging across a Mad Max style wasteland to see each other, we'll figure it out. God, do I have to play that, that car game? It's called. <laughs> I mean, basically, and it's like, you know, you have to avoid the cannibals on the way and there's, yeah. it's just going to be generally difficult, but we will do a convention again someday. someday. 
<laughs> Probably, even if it's in the Thunderdome. Uh, yeah. So, uh, they got a bit of stuff up for War Machine and Hordes. So, 2021 is the 15th anniversary of Hordes. So, uh, they showed off one model. Well, not really a model. They showed off some artwork and a name of a model uh, that is going to be coming in the form of Thagrosh Hellborn. My first thought was, oh boy, Thagrosh 3 finally. But uh, it turns out this is a Thagrosh 0. Uh, they showed uh, some a pretty old bit of art of when uh, Thagrosh first jammed the uh, Athank into his own chest, which seemed like not great decision making. <laughs> Just throw that out there. But um, yeah, that's kind of neat. He's uh, going to be, I assume, a lesser warlock since that's kind of what we got with all the other zeros. Uh, but um, we'll see what he's got going on. I don't think we really know anything about him, but yeah it'd be weird if he wasn't a zero yeah i would expect so and like my only thing is that i'm like is this gonna be a lesser warlock because i already am running so many of those in legion right now (laughs) how am i gonna fit more i thought it would be fascinating if he if it was right before he got the i think like with the whispers in his head yeah that'd be interesting yeah, it sounds like it's meant to be after, but it would be yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of direction they go with it because there's just a lot you could do with that guy. Apparently, he's quite killy. Yeah, which will do it. Fair, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like Legion has ever gotten a killy lesser warlock before. Yeah, right. <laughs> nope. Never happened. Um, I mean, even the Beast Mistress is like trying to be. <laughs> all right. <laughs> they're all they're all right. Huh? Yeah, they they have like flank with lessers or something. Yeah. <clears throat> so they're meant to kind of hang out with their lessers. Yeah, they're all they're that's pretty much we, support models. No, uh, none of that. So another thing is that uh, we got a, a fun little image that shows off the models for the battle box casters. They're finally getting their own uh, individual releases uh, to go alongside the new rules that um, were previewed. We're all what ten? We're all ten of them in that picture. Sure. Four or five, yeah, I seven, so. eight. Uh, there are nine in this picture. Ooh. Six, seven. Uh, yes, there are nine. So is, so I couldn't identify Tana. <laughs> she's Tana from the left or something like no, that. She's the second uh, from the left. Yeah, second from the okay. left. She's got close. like her arm up. Yeah. So in if you look at the image, uh, anybody who finds it on this insider from the left, uh, we've got our boy uh, Malicus. Big boy. We're pointing this time. Yeah, pointing this time instead of holding, holding this straight up. Uh, it looks like Tanith next to that. Uh, Helena is the next one from there. Uh, nobody could ever make mistake Zakar for anything else since he's still just wacky inflatable arm manning his head up. Yeah. I don't know what you're yep. supposed to do with chains. <laughs> yep. Uh, we've got uh, Kozlov. That's his name, right? Yep. The uh, Kador one? Yeah. Yeah, I get them all mixed up. Uh, Krissa? Who looks yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. Good. Um... Agathea, who is like holding her axe out this time, which you can't see the model super well because they're all kind of bunched together. That axe is really long. Yeah, and it's I'm quite, curious quite like how far off that model it sticks because the way she's holding it right now, it looks like it's going to overhang brutally, but whatever. Uh, we've got the troll one. What's his name? Ragnar. Ragnar, thank you. Uh, yeah. And then uh, uh, Maddox. Cool. His model looks a lot better. Yeah, and it's important to note these are all going to be resin and metal <laughs> as opposed to uh, rustic. 
So I'm rebuying all of the ones I've got just for that period because <laughs> the battle box yeah. plastics are rough. Like the battle box resins, they're yeah. not great. Yeah. There's a reason those are a bit cheaper. Uh, so I've I've always I mean I I love Malakas. He's one of my favorite casters in Protectorate, and uh, his model has always just been so derpy. Um, and this one looks fun. I like how he's standing on books. I don't know what he has to do with books, but it's funny he to me that he's standing. Yeah, standing aren't those <laughs> his, his prayers that he does? Oh, maybe because he's got a book in his original sculpt too right yeah he's holding a book oh yeah he is his left hand yeah yep i just feel like fire and book i don't know uh they also showed off a fun little preview for uh crucible guard which uh oh, is just okay. a real real beef is i mean it's just bane right like it's just a big <laughs> big beefy guy full of chemicals with a big hammer uh he looks really cool like he's got like the Tolkien rock stubble all over him. Yeah, that is kind oh, of interesting. Cool. I wonder. Oh yeah, like a juiced up troll. Ooh. Yeah, I'd be all over that. That's concerning. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, he's got. I mean, I've always loved just like the the kind of gas mask chemical aesthetic for Crucible Guard is just great, and it's just more of that. So I'm cool with it. Um, yep. Looks great. Uh, a lot of people are really excited about. Uh, we also have an image uh, render of sorts up for the Grimkin Gargantuan, the Slaughterhouse. Man, yeah, I like that so much. <laughs> it, it looks very great. Cool. The 360 is it's really gorgeous. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's got a well, lot of detail on it. So a lot of the, so Grimkin's very hit or miss, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's when you have such a wacky aesthetic, that's kind of right. how it's going to be most of the time. But like this one hits so well for me. <laughs> yeah, I think it looks yeah. great. And I, I would also like to note, so this one, and then they also mentioned the Infernal Colossal called the Guardian of Souls, uh, are going to be Black Anchor models. Yep. Hey, Makes still sense. still alive. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's still around. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, so for anybody, since it has been a little while, for anybody who doesn't know what Black Anchor is, uh, it's basically, it, it's generally used for um, larger kind of centerpiece models for the vast most part. Uh, and it's like a, it's, it's basically an in-house production from Privateer Press that distributes like through them specifically. So you, you order it from Privateer Press through their website and whatnot. Um, from what I understand, they, they have a European wing of that now. So yes. Yeah. Cause there was a big issue. One of the big issues that Black Anchor had was that like shipping because they weren't using a distributor. Uh, shipping out of country was absolute madness, like absolutely crazy. So I believe that they do have a like a, a European base and probably elsewhere. I'm not sure. I don't know this. I don't know the specifics, but um, yeah, generally they they tend to be uh, m- more detailed models than we see elsewhere a lot of the time. Yeah, um, a bit nutty. Some of them. Yeah, they're a bit nutty. They definitely can get a little pricey, but they are very very cool models. Um, yeah. we we so actually we'll, know some stuff about the slaughterhouse. Yeah, um, it's a construct. It's got a lot of damage boxes because it's a construct. Um, it does not have the slaughterhouse animus, although it does have an animus that's appeared on one model. And there's some rampant speculation about what that is. Um, my personal favorite is Doppler bark. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but it'd be really funny. Well, bark uh, house. No, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, or or um, the 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 megalith one where it, I was about to say is... my guess would be the megalith one. Yeah, that that <clears> seems <throat> pretty good. Um, it's called undergrowth, right? Uh, it's either undergrowth or something. Is it, isn't undergrowth the undergrowth sounds right? One? But I'll look real quick. You keep going. Okay. Um, it's got a ranged weapon called Porchlight, 
and then it's got several melee weapons, one of which is called... Wait, is it a multiplayer, like, loot, loot RPG? That's Torchlight. Oh, different. Yeah. Um, and then it's got several... Undergrowth. Undergrowth, there it is. Um, and it's got several melee weapons, one of which is called The Front Door, which has a new rule called Cram Inside. I, we don't know what that means. And then it's, uh, it's, it's not a... Like, it's a house, but it moves, and it moves by, like, manipulating grave dirt underneath it to shove it around, That's which cool. is pretty cool. I, I'm quite quite into that. So, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I could see people picking this up just to use this terrain. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I love how much it looks like the, the house from Tyson's Grimkin table. <laughs> it does. Like, it's really similar, and I'm like... Yep. Are these modeled after that or what? I do like the uh, couple of um, gremlins like just sticking around on the house. Yeah, on the in the window up top. It's pretty great. It's not Grimkin if you don't have gremlins doing something stupid. Yeah, pretty much. Way. The other thing they mentioned is uh, we're going to be seeing uh, kind of the the culmination of the Hengehold Scrolls, which were a really fun lore process, uh, basically through the form of Iron Kingdom's Requiem. Yeah, which we should be getting Kickstarter for sometime in the next month or two. Pretty soon. He said early January before, so I would yeah, hope all right, so pretty quick here. Soon. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, for anybody who hasn't been kind of following that one, so Iron Kingdom's Requiem is uh, basically... <laughs> they've kind of nixed IKRPG <laughs> in the form of, of doing this, which is uh, creating a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons rule set for Iron Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um which the thing that's really cool about this, so it's basically it's a campaign setting, not a rule set. But yeah. um, the thing that's really interesting about this uh, for anybody who's like into the story of things, part of the like one thing that's been going on for a while is we really haven't had a thumb on like what the heck's going on in the IK for like some time, uh, because we basically had like the infernal invasion with Oblivion happened. We got the Hengehold Scrolls detailing a bunch of stuff that may or may not be happening, and then nothing. <laughs> yeah absolute yep. radio silence since then and that was a while ago uh and when they announced requiem i was like and they said that it takes place in the post infernal invasion the invasion is effectively over um but we don't know what that means <laughs> like <Yeah>. who won <laughs> I, don't, I don't know we know that riot quest is an alternate timeline where the infernals won so the assumption is that they kind of didn't win in this but what is is that like well what does that mean like how yeah yeah and, and one of the big things is that going into the end of the henshold scrolls and things like that a lot of major players in the world are just gone now like yeah, not they're, dead they're the not, some are dead but most went through this portal and they're gone uh, assumedly to um cyrus yeah to cyrus where where warcaster eventually takes place uh but like what countries are even still around at this point like right are what are the national borders like at this point? Because a lot of countries, like there was a lot of mixing and matching and a lot of teaming up in weird places. And yeah, it's like Signar and Kador teamed up. Like, yes, yeah, so it's like an what alliance. Is, what does that mean? Like, what what is what happened? <laughs> Basically, we know, that, we know that the Empress is still around. We know that Butcher's still around. We know that yeah. Julius is still around. We we're pretty sure that Haley and Nemo are gone. We don't know what happened to Kane because I don't think he got to the Hengehold in time. No, Kane, yeah, the, our last thing we really know about Kane is he's like on a boat with Scar, which is right. Sorry, it's like yeah. the last kill Scar. <laughs> yeah, it's like the last anyone heard from him forever. And yeah, um, 
they did show also a couple of things with this that uh, I did not expect. Well, one I did, which is they have the Monster Nomicon, which I'm really excited for for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, just anybody who plays D&D just loves books full of monsters. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's like it's like the funnest book to go through. Uh, yeah. But the other thing is that um, the original IKRPG Monster Nomicon actually was kind of a source of like models that could exist for a very long time. For example, mm-hmm. Infernals. And uh, models, uh, the Dracodile. The Dracodile was oh, a yeah, Monster right. model for a long time, and people were like, that's the Gator Gargantuan, and it eventually did happen. Um, so you get to kind of see some fun ideas about like what kind of stuff are they thinking about, because some of those monsters you know, that show up in there could easily turn into uh, models in the future, and that's always kind of fun. The other thing, and I thought this was really cool, and they, I don't think they had ever mentioned anything about this, but um, they're creating a Legend of the Witchfire adventure uh for the module i think we knew that that was a possibility but i don't think it'd be yeah like we actually have a... like what appears to be like a front cover of it and yeah th- we guess that based on the cover yeah the thing that's really exciting about that is yeah and i don't know if everybody you know i don't know i don't know how many people know this but uh the iron kingdom started out originally as a uh i believe third edition Dungeons and dragons module might have been yep. second i think it was third it was third it was third okay um called it's, it was the Witchfire was like the and it was it was basically just a, a like fun little setting and adventure that that uh, that wilson had put together um detailing like alexia and the Witchfire. she was like the original character of the iron kingdoms um most people would have guessed Haley probably but <laughs> but no uh so that was like really the introduction to iron kingdoms as a thing was in the form of the Witchfire, and they're doing kind of a redux version it looks 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 like for fifth edition which i think would be really fun to like uh do like a stream or something running that yes yes, yes. uh yeah i actually already have a couple of plans for like uh requiem content that have i have too many conversations going on at once and clearly i need to run more D games yeah that's what you need <laughs> <clears throat> yeah that's yep um yeah i'm really excited about that I, i've been hyped about it since they announced it i'm really excited about the kickstarter and it sounds like they, they talked a little bit about some of the rewards going on in the kickstarter like there's going to be like uh like map tiles uh decks of uh like reference cards for things which are always really exciting um for gigantic nerds <laughs> and um yeah i'm just i don't know i'm really excited about it. they said that the dates are going to be announced soon uh soon um and that's definitely going to be like I know I, I there's there's a lot of content stuff I haven't done a whole lot of for a little while and this is something that I really really want to dig into because it's something I'm already very passionate about I run a lot of fifth edition D and D yep um and I want to play around with it so yeah yeah, yeah there's a pretty good chance that my wife and I start a uh, IKRPG D and D podcast as well she's also massively into D and D and she's been wanting to do something with me for a while so yeah this would this would be the place. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we have some stuff for Riot Quest. Uh, Riot Quest. Riot Quest. Uh, so the first two things that we showed on there is Mechanolith and the Living Covenant. So Mechanolith appears to be Robo Lilith Two, or Robo Lilith. I don't know why. Lilith Two is just Lilith to me because <laughs> it's circle in Mark Two, so that's just burned into my brain. Uh, yeah, Robo Lilith. Um, yeah. I was kind of musing over the fact that it seems like all of Legion turned into either robots or amnesiacs in the post-apocalypse, but I wasn't expecting so many of them to turn into robots, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what happened to cause this, but um, and she dropped her bow and picked up, like, a minigun. Well, 
she has always loved shredders so maybe she just followed the mechano shredder yeah probably uh and she has like cyber dreadlocks so i'm down with that oh uh, man now i want now i want to talk about altered carbon <laughs> perfect i've been reading cyberpunk books for days so there we are i think it'd be really uh, interesting wait, if wait. she's a legion warlock and a convergence warcaster wait, wait i need uh cyberpunk book recommendations oh i just mean like rule books and shit oh but it has a bunch of recommendations in it i can send them to you okay. yeah uh some of them i have some of them are a bit strange, but for the most part, they're great. Uh, so, I'll yeah. I that all of them are a bit strange. <laughs> yes, fair. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, really excited about uh, Lilith. She seems to still not have eyes, so there's that. <laughs> finally, we, thought we thought we'd finally get the answer to the question, does she have eyes? Yeah, and the answer is not anymore, which doesn't really answer the question, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then the Living Covenant, which appears to just be a, a dude coming out of the book. I don't know who that is, but I don't either. I mean, it could be a character we already know, but like, I I really hope it's it's the it's just the book. Yeah, it's just yeah, the book has just had a dude it's pissed in there. off that people keep <laughs> killing it while it's just yeah. trying to sit on some flags. I mean, I don't like, I don't know what a book two looks like. <laughs> I, uh, hope it's it's a, I hope it's I hope it's a Grimkin solo. That's that's better than my suggestion. My suggestion is it should just be absolutely identical to the uh, Mark One version. What, mm. what did the Mark One version do, Brett? <laughs> oh my God, you don't know? I, I know, started I playing right before Colossals, man. All right, so the book, uh, it had I think thirty lines of rule text. Oh, good. And so it had kind of this. Yeah, it had a book. It had kind of the same things. Where like uh, <laughs> it could uh, like it you know you choose you know different things that it can do, mm-hmm. um, except that uh, this time around it um, you had to like fill certain conditions in order to get them to happen. Okay, so like okay. kill X number of things and something yeah. happens. and they had to be done in order, turn by turn. Oh. Hmm. So you're Were like, they, like absurdly powerful though? No. That's <laughs> <laughs> like Mark One. <laughs> a lot of work for not a lot, or very little work for absolute madness. It was just kind of Mark One in general. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Um. I yeah. I don't know what to think about what even like the Covenant Two would end up looking like, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, honestly, looking at the art though, I think the model's gonna look really great. <laughs> Yes. I think just the dude coming up out of the book with all the fire just looks really, really great. Hey, it's uh, fire in books again. Maybe Mennite books are fireproof. <clears throat> I mean, I would hope so. They have to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Just by by necessity. Yeah. Um, they also showed uh, they showed kind of we, we have an image already that is like Karchev, Deathjack fighting a bunch of people. Uh, it's not really new, but you can find it around if you uh, look around for that. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of different uh, fun. Uh, Riot Quest stuff going on. I'm excited for Karchev Deathjack. We'll see what that ends up looking like. Um, yeah. Well done. Go Riot Quest. Um, the other thing is, yeah, so we do know that the Karchev Deathjack, we already knew this, but it's going to be a boss fight for Riot Quest, which is something I have never done. Uh, I and... tried the Malvin and Mayhem one. It is actually really freaking hard. Yeah. I think it's very, very hard to win it. 
And then uh, they said they're also going to be introducing the heist expansion where you're going to be taking your cruise against automated security, trying to get treasure and whatnot. I don't know what that means, but sounds neat. That's like... um, also, one thing that I just randomly noticed on this artwork, why is there just like a single bumblebee? Because Are you okay. serious? Well, no, I know his, like his name is Bumble. Oh, also because Hungerford. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I know because Hungerford, but like there's a bumblebee. <laughs> I don't know. I just hadn't noticed it before, I guess. Uh, I, think in, I think it's in Bumble's is like actual art. It's just a bumblebee flying around. Maybe he seems mad. Bumble's does. Yeah, well, not, I wonder what he's, he's not about. Cute and cuddly. Yeah. Uh, Monster Apocalypse that exists. Yeah. Um, so they're doing two new starters for the elemental champions and the savage swarm. Uh, those bugs look neat. Yeah, I, mean, the art for, I like the but, elemental champions a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. They're very cool. Uh, and then God, that big lion is <laughs> just a really good model. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, this is just art, but we have seen like other pictures of it. It looks really, really good. Uh, they showed off how fl- you even said Floruina, Floruina. Oh, the flower. <laughs> yeah, the big flower. I like um, that they're getting giant monsters. Yeah, I think it I looks really cool. Did they say whether they were protectors or destroyers? I no, I don't think so. Let me see. Just says, just says new factions. So I have no idea. Uh, but it does look great. I feel like we have to get one based off of a little shop of horrors at some point. Oh yes, because yes. this one doesn't really look like it. It is like a big plant monster. It look when like they it. said they were gonna make every horror <laughs> movie or every monster movie, they yeah, were not man. joking. They're not joking. I wanted uh, a dentist role in that play when I was younger. <laughs> so bad. Um, I love that part. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, and they showed off a couple of units, UCI tanks. Um, seem neat. Oh yeah, they're doing resculpts for epic or for uh, <laughs> elites, uh, elite units. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. So they're they're yeah. making a, a resculpt, and that that can be your elite unit. Yeah, like variant elites, which is a great idea because it's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> yes. Um, then they talked a little bit about Warcaster. Uh, so one thing that this is a thing that drives me nuts about when they show the concept art is that like 90% of their concept art just uses like the ISA paint scheme for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, it's that like light gray and kind of blue. And so like, this is Marcher world stuff. Doesn't look like it. <laughs> yeah. The witch to be AC, right? Yeah. At least the witch has like the yellow in it. So you can kind of tell it's something else. And also just the AC aesthetic is so different. Whereas like this Marcher Worlds model, the uh, the Air Assault cadre, like could totally be an ISA model. Yeah, it's it kind of like up it. enough that it kind of could be. But like the thing is, when you see it painted, in the fact that it's got like these scarves and stuff, like when you actually really stare at it, it's clearly not. But because like ISA is not gonna have like s- scrappy scarves and stuff. But but just from the way they color the concept art, I'm like, is this an ISA model or what is this? <laughs> Um, but yeah, they shut off the uh, air assault cadre, which appears to be a unit, like a squad of uh, jetpack troops that look really cool. Um, don't know what they do, but they look really neat. Uh, and then yep. the a great witch, which is a very cool model with some big old some big old pointies. See, this is what I was thinking of when you said that they use the ISA scheme. I'm like, oh, it's an ISA model. That's nice. Yeah, like it does have that orange in it that like that's the glowing... that's the one that looks like Iron Mother, right? Yeah, it looks a lot like Iron Mother, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, she looks way cool. Very ISA. Or, sorry, very AC. What I mean. Um, we just said ISA too many times in a row. Yep. Uh, that, like, back headdress thing is very long. <laughs> and I am concerned about how that bottle is going to sit on its base. But there we go. Um, showed off some uh, general art. They, yeah, they just talk about there's going to be more ex- uh, expansions for the factions. Um, campaign-specific models, which is interesting. Uh, be interesting to see kind of what details on that show up. Uh, Cypher expansions, which is always a really exciting thing. Cyphers are a really easy way to kind of change up stuff in the game without needing a whole lot of production. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And doing, yeah, more like, uh, episodic narrative stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of what, what they're, what they're doing with that. Um, they also said that kicking off early in January is going to be some extensive articles delving into the, uh, philosophy and ethos of each faction. Uh, which is a good idea. So just talking a little bit more about kind of the history and tactics and stuff like that of those factions, which is a good idea because right now we don't know anything about them, basically. Like, we kind of know their general gist, and that's sort of it. Yeah. Like, I actually, I kind of feel like we know the most about the Empyreans, just because they kind of had to explain where they were from in a way that they didn't really with the other factions. Right. Uh, It's like, all we really know about ISA is it's like, they are big and rich. (laughs) And pretty mean. And they have they have religious they're, undertones. They're Azorius. Yeah. yeah, and it's like marchers are like it's the rebels. They're scrappy. Yeah, it's Firefly. Right. And it's kind of like I I don't know who these are. So it'll be interesting to see a little bit more information about like what these factions actually are, which is exciting. Um. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it says once uh, summer rolls around, they're gonna have uh, some more uh, previews and stuff coming out, which is great. Uh. Yeah, there's some fun stuff to kind of look forward to going into 2021. Some actual yeah. stuff. Um, I think <laughs> something that came up. I think some some people were saying they were a little bit sad that there wasn't a little bit more stuff for War Machine. And in some respects, I get that. Like, I, I felt that a little bit. Like, can we have a picture of the Infernal Colossal or something? Even though we have a picture on the Requiem book, but it's just its face yelling for the most part. Um, so one thing that we talked about, I think, earlier this year that I remember was like, hey, you know what would be neat is if they like slowed down for a year. <laughs> and uh, it turned out that that would have been a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope that maybe they do a little bit of that this year. Uh, slow down a little bit and kind of just like... Because like, one thing we know is coming up is the Storm Division CID. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge... It's just a dynamic update. Sure, sure, an update. To my knowledge, that doesn't come with any... There's not new models or anything. Uh, it's, like, that I know of. Um, it's just an update that they decided to do. And I would love to see them take the time to do that a little more often. And this would be a good year for it. Just throwing that out there. Uh, if I was in charge of... Yeah, like, I would go, hey, what's a nice way that we could not have to produce as much but still make our game better? That would be my thought process, but that's just me. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think that'd be interesting to see. I, I'm not too upset about there being a little bit less stuff. However, I'm also playing like literally every game right now. So like, exactly, yes, it's all kind of new stuff. It's like the only thing I'm not playing regularly right now is like Monpoc, And I wish I was, but I don't have time. Cause I'm also playing five other games. Um, yeah. Boy, I am excited for the this the next wave of Warcaster Kickstarter stuff to get here. So, because yeah, we need more stuff. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's true. 
Anyway, that's pretty much just breakdown of the the Looking Ahead uh, Insider. We thought it was kind of fun. Um, had some had a little bit of hype to it. Uh, I'm excited for the Legion stuff, Thags and Lilith. Um, I'm excited for Grimkin. Yeah. Okay. I'll bash my head up against that wall again. No problem. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, yep. Yep. Uh, I'm more excited, honestly, to see what uh, what the other Horde zeros are, because like. The circle one in particular, I'm just kind of like, please, who is it? Please so many, ask your witch. There are so many really interesting characters they could pull from for circle. Like, as a I'm faction that's prob- kind of been around for so long. It's probably Kaya, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, probably. Always Kaya. Yeah. Truly the Haley of circle. <laughs> not at except, all. Like, except, like not, the- except, like, not powerful. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> She's just the obligatory character shoved in the front every time. I'm like, give me like a balder zero when he was more angry. He's a little more impetuous and young. I'd be down. Yeah. Or most are when he was less grumpy. <laughs> or yeah, more. Most are yeah, like a maybe he's chilled out all day. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Uh, we got something else to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the same day we're recording this, so the 30th, uh, we posted up a little announcement of sorts. So we've talked a little bit about how we've been working on, off and on on a uh, sort of very skirmish, um, very low model count, running around in a city, doing League stuff, kind of Mordheim-esque uh, War Machine rule set, basically. Mm-hmm. Um under the name Fallen Corvus. Uh, Jade has kind of been Jaden's been the one we we've been talking about this today. So you want to talk a little bit about what you want to talk about with this, I guess. Sure. So probably by the time this goes live, the beta will be up, so we can <clears> just kind of talk about it. I think. Sure. Um, yeah. All right. So here's here's kind of the premise of of Fallen Corvus. It is a very low model count, alternating activations game, uh, squad-based game, set in the post-Infernal's invasion world in Corvus, which is a city that has been more or less, like, wrecked uh, during the Infernal invasion. And uh, you're going to be able to highly customize your leader or leaders. Um, you're going to be able to somewhat customize your henchmen, but this is the kind of game that you're going to put maybe like five models on the table and and that's what you're going to play with. That's it. Yeah. Like that's that's all the models you're going to be playing with. Um which is something that War Machine just doesn't really have and we we felt like it would be <laughs> uh... like a... <laughs> Hey, you haven't played enough Xerxes 2. <laughs> that's true. Fair enough. Five models. Uh, I was framed the the great disappointment. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, here's a friendly company. Okay, yeah, um, so, uh, yeah, so that's just kind of the premise. And uh, what we're going to we've we've drastically changed some things about the way the game works in order to make it work at this level. Um, we've we've kept a lot of things the same stat stat cards like the front of the card for most things is the same. We've been able to keep that fidelity pretty good. Um, some specific rules interactions have to change. Talk about those maybe a little bit more in a, here in a minute. Um, but basically, you can just look at the cards in War Room and be like, okay, yeah, this is what I got. 
which is one of the design goals that we had in mind. Remember, this is this is from the Brawl Machine family, right? The goal is to be a fun, a a different way to play War Machine, but also get you into War Machine, teach you how to play it. Yep, exactly. So um, things that are the same are the uh, attack uh, system is more or less the same. You still have a mat value. Your opponent still has a death value. You're still using 2d6 to dam- uh, to attack them. Uh, damage works a little bit differently. Uh, we'll probably talk about that in more detail in a moment. Um, there's still charges, although they function slightly differently to account for the fact that there's going to be an absolute pile of terrain on the table. Um, it's a smaller board size, which is, I know, something that people have been asking for for a while. <laughs> We've been uh, playtesting on 36 by 36 Um which which has been working out really nicely, and uh, then all right, so that's that's Vert- verticality. Verticality, yeah. Uh, we've incorporated rules to let you go up and down and across terrain um, in ways that you just can't in War Machine. So I'm gonna kind of go through what I've got here. I don't have all of this like when when this goes into beta, this is also gonna have things like here's how the round works and. Here's how uh, priority works, and here's how scoring works. But I don't have that written down yet because I've just been, you know, it's been in my head while we've been playtesting in it. So we'll talk about that <coughs> later. Um, I'm going to talk about how the game functions a little bit more, and then I'm going to talk about how you make your warband uh, at the beginning of the game because I think that's the part that a lot of people are going to be interested in too. Um, but did you have something, Brett? No, sorry, that was something. Okay. Someone just texted me. Okay. So, um,. Yeah, so all models activate individually. There's no such thing as units or solos. Uh, there's just individual models. They activate on their own. They get to do their own thing. They get to activate once per round. Um, something new uh, is that if you are attacking another model with a melee attack and another one of your friends is engaging that model, you get plus one to hit. Um, if you're attacking an enemy model and one of its friends is engaging you, you get minus one to hit. So there's a, a an element of control of uh, you know inc- being able to increase your accuracy by like getting up on somebody or if they've got friends around then you're going to be less accurate because there's multiples of them um charges uh i'm just going to read the text because i feel like it's important to read it to have the wording uh, a model may make a charge if it has the option to use both movement and action because you know if you're if you have to sacrifice you can't um the model declaring a charge must be able to see their target at all times during the charge this is a war machine rule still Here's, uh, here's where it gets a little weird, different. Models making a charge move up to their speed, plus three inches, so this is still the same, and up to three straight line segments. So instead of having to go in one straight line, you can break your charge up into up to three straight lines. And this is kind of our answer to, well, there's freaking buildings everywhere. How do I charge around that corner? Because otherwise, you can't. Um, if a model breaks its charge into multiple line segments, at least half of those segments must be at least three inches long. Um, a model may not charge models that it is in melee with, and charge attack damage rolls against warrior models are not boosted. So if you make two lines, one of those lines <clears> has to be three inches. If you make three lines, two of those lines have to be three inches. And this is just kind of to like, if you're on one side of a wall and you're, you're you know, the opposing model's on the <laughs> other side of the wall, you can't just be like, I scoot two inches this way, one inches this way, and two more inches this way. Because... That's not like an actual charge. That's just walking around the wall. And so at that point, you know, just walk over the wall. Yeah, obviously. Um, so and because because the game has to be less lethal, 
charge attack damage rolls against where models are not boosted. So really, in this situation where there's a wall between you and you, the thing you're attacking, walking over the wall is functionally identical. Charges are just a way to give you more range to get into melee. Mm-hmm. So that's a difference. Um, uh, damage. So we, we mentioned that Matt and Rat versus Def is the same. However, if a damage roll exceeds the arm value of its target, the target takes one damage. So this is this is borrowing from Warcaster. Like, yeah, pretty much identically. Uh, also, if the damage roll exceeds the arm value of the target by five or more, the target takes two damage. <clears throat> so if I hit it's something... Like, with... It's like somewhere weird between, like, Warcaster and, like, how Riot Quest does damage. Yep, yep, yeah. it is. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a nice happy medium because, you know, a high power weapon is still going to club you for a few points. But this prevents you from just, like, because I played out a couple of, like, well, how does this work if we just keep damage the same? Everything dies instantly. Even I mean, that, that was... Points. Go ahead. Yeah, pretty much from, like, day one, that was, like, our thing was, like, the way, especially just warrior models fighting warrior models, the game, like, using the base rules, the game would be far too lethal, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. shit just dies. Even if you give additional wounds to things, like... Single wound infantry needs so many extra wounds before it won't die to a charge most of the time. Yeah, yeah, or just even a straight hit, like a yeah, pout right, yeah, even just kill yeah. like an arm, like 16, most things. Yeah. So, this is uh, another important change is that all henchmen have five hit points. Heavy infantry henchmen have eight points, eight hit points, and leader models have eight hit points. So this means that at minimum, it takes four attacks to down your leader model. At minimum, it takes three attacks to down a henchman. So this means that the game is going to have some counterplay, some opportunities to to make positioning matter. And it's not just like, well, your thing died on accident. Oops. Yeah. Um, and, and it will... Because otherwise, the game is literally over in two turns. And it's it's far more efficient to go after your opponent's models than it is to go after the objectives, which is not how we want this to play. Right. Um... Okay, while we're on the subject of combat, we'll get to verticality in a second. Um, there's there's two things that are also different about this. Um, when you become boxed, so this is the disabled, boxed, <clears throat> destroyed sequence, while still as mouthful as it is in War Machine, is really, really elegant for what we want to do here. So when you're boxed, which means you get your tough, tough, uh, tough check when you're disabled, instead of Going to the destroyed step, you become knocked down and are no longer targetable by attacks for the remainder of the round. You're still knocked down even if you have steady. This is like, it does not matter. You're knocked out. You're down. Um, You also drop all objective tokens that you're holding. And all effects and spells affecting it go away. At the beginning of the next round... Man, that's going to be so hard to word correctly for War Machine. I just thought about... Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll workshop it, but it's easier yeah. because there's less spells out there. That's true. So it's not going to be as bad because you know, I mean, if we really wanted to just make everything future proofed, because there are going to be warcasters in the later stage of the game, yeah, it would we'll, be something like upkeep spells, continuous effects, uh, upkeep spells, so spells, we'll, continuous effects, other things. Yeah, we'll just we'll we'll make that part of the beta. Help us yep. with the wording. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, so then the next round, at the beginning of the turn, they regain all hit points and become bloodied, which is a condition that's unique to this game. Uh, it's also worth noting that Entropic Force and Grave Swoons don't prevent this healing. This is another <laughs> core function of the game. You can't get around it. 
Um, while you're bloodied, you gain an additional dice on attack rolls, and models <laughs> attacking you gain an additional dice on attack rolls as well. So, so you get pissed off, <laughs> but you're also dying. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, you, you become pissed off, and you start hitting much, like, more aggressively, and that leaves you open to counterattacks. Um, while you're bloodied, if you become boxed again, you roll a d6. And if the result is a 1, you're dead. On a 2 through a 5, you're injured and you come off the table. And at the end of the game, you draw an injury card. And on a 6, you just run away. Because you took enough damage, you're out, you, you, you leave the table. Um, yeah, and we're not sold on this like 1d6 thing. Like, um, like we'll, we'll get feedback on that. But we like the, the three possibilities. The, yeah, yep. the, the, the concept is there. We're just yeah. figuring out all the yeah. how it's uh, actually going to work. Yep, absolutely. So if you flee, nothing bad happens to you. You just ran away. Um, as, you know, a smart person would. <laughs> if you are injured, the injury deck is going to be... It's not just going to be like, you have a broken arm. Like, lose a dice on attack rolls or something like that. Those will be in there. But there will also be things like... Well, okay, so... One of the core design things that I, I proposed is that <clears throat> one of the things I didn't like about more time is that all the injuries are bad. Like they're, they just make your character worse. You have to, you put a lot of this mental effort in remembering how your character sucks. Yep. What I, I want, I want it to be more interesting. I want it to be like in darkest dungeon where you get like a psychosis, which makes you really good at this one thing, but you can't do some other thing where it's all trade-offs. Right. So maybe, maybe you'll get like a psychological condition, like, aggressive which says you must run or charge every turn and it's <laughs> actually a rule <laughs> that it is yeah, <laughs> yep aggressive uh, yep there we go <laughs> and uh and but like in in this game aggressive would give you an additional dice to hit so you're much more accurate you have to run a charge you can never interact with objectives yeah and you can't shoot <laughs> and you can't shoot right so like yeah. <laughs> if your sniper has this happen to you happen to to him or her suddenly this is a problem it's not an insurmountable problem because they still have a melee weapon, probably, but they're no longer as effective. And this will last for a prescribed number of games, in, in depending on the injury or the psychological condition. And there will be ways to get rid of them outside of playing the game, where sometimes objectives will heal you or, you know, various other aspects of the game will get rid of those. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how the injury deck <laughs> works. Uh, the beta tests, I'm hoping to have somewhere between 15 and 20 of these written up to use the actual number will probably be closer to 60 when we launch the game like properly um yeah because you want a big wide variety of these yeah you you want it to be pretty nice and random and you want there to be a huge variety of things you need to come up with a good online deck randomizer it yeah yeah we do um yeah um now if you die so this is where you roll a one this is where we get to be like, well, this is War Machine and this is the Iron Kingdoms. Because if you die, you can accept an infernal contract to not die. <laughs> to not die instead. To not die instead, yeah. Um, but the infernal contracts are usually some combination of a powerful buff and a crippling objective. And if you don't... <laughs> complete the objective inside of the assigned time limit your model just dies and all of the gear on them also goes away so you can't harvest it like you normally would from downed um yeah so you're you're kind of gambling their gear against the fact that you might be able to keep them alive right which, yeah so so here's here's <laughs> an example 
one. Um, it gives it gives a warrior the 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 model um, uh, long shadows, which is the ability Zadaroth has, where everything in command, uh, sh- like shooting at you, anything in your command gets minus three range. Um, but it also gives the model call soul, and it says when you get a soul token on this model, that model must immediately flee the battlefield. So as soon as you pick up a soul, you have to run it off and give it back to the Infernals. And you have to do this for two games. So it's not just like one and done. It should be a certain number of souls returned. (laughs) It might be, yeah. Yeah, just for that one uniquely, sorry. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact wording. It's on a different different machine. Um, But so if this is your leader model, then you have to start thinking like, well, okay... I have to play really weird. I don't want to kill enemy models anymore. Uh, (laughs) uh, At all. Like, I don't want to attack things because it'll just pick up the soul and then I have to take it off the board. Unless you're already bloodied, in which case, like, oh my god, use it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can use it to escape, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's, there's there's some depth to that. So that's a powerful buff. There's a there's a condition that you have to fulfill. There's a time limit for it, and the consequence for not fulfilling it is that model dies and everything on it goes away. Yeah, we're and really I, we're really excited about these infernal contracts. That's why we called it for Fallen Corvus. Yeah, I, I like the idea of pulling like stuff you gain from those out of the infernal models from War Machine as well, because it's stuff we we know that infernals do. Yep. Right. So like. Oh, you're getting it. Yeah, you must have done a deal with Zadaroth to get, you know, Long Shadows. That's a power that that she could hand to someone, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. I'm sure we'll do at least one for each master, and then we'll do some other ones that are just. Out I of think our, I think right? got two from each master off oh, the wow. top of my head. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then one or two from a few of the specific cultists, like um, the Orin one, gives oh, cool. you the, the rerolls ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I like the idea of this is turning into us brainstorming slightly, but sorry, <laughs> <I> lo- <laughs> it is what it is. I like the idea of like, oh, you can get like there's like master contracts that like, oh, if you if you draw one of those, that's really interesting. But there's also like lesser ones from mm-hmm. yep, kind of lesser from infernal, infernalists, either yeah. infernalists or even like, I mean, shit, we could make up characters if we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we're gonna have a storyline, so <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's how infernal contracts work. Um, there's also a limit on how many contracts a character can take before they have to start taking two of them <laughs> because it's Look, at this harder point, to bring you back. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I also, I really hope one of them turns you into a true infernalist, like somewhere down the road, <laughs> like, fuck it. I'm on their team now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely could happen. Yeah. 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 We've um, talked about stuff like that before. Yeah. Yep. Well, so um, let's talk about this. Maybe this is a little off topic, but I want to talk about the scope of the beta versus the scope of what we want to do and how drastically different they are. They are pretty drastically different, yeah. So the beta, the beta is going to launch with <clears throat> Kador, Crix, Protectorate, and Signar playable. Which um, I, I don't want to take away from Jaden. That's a shit ton of work. <laughs> like the amount of amount of stuff he had to do. Yeah, it was it was not a small investment um but so those are going to launch with beta wave one with beta wave one we're also going to launch with 15 infernal contracts 15 to 20 injury cards 
and three scenarios. Beta Wave 2, which will be probably in about a month, is going to bring in the baseline Hordes factions. So that'll be Circle, Trollbloods, Scorn, and um, Legion. And <laughs> uh, also... Oh. <laughs> pardon me? Sorry, I was just making a joke. Continue. Okay. Um, and then and then also expand the number of injury cards, expand the Infernal Contract deck, and add three or more scenarios to the first campaign. Um, and the thing is that the great thing about the system is once we've got the rules locked in, and I'll talk about what Wave 3 looks like after that, um, what the plan is is we're going to do a yearly campaign style thing where here's your next, like, 12 missions and how they branch out make a new warband because it's the next season of fallen corvus and you got to go you know do these things yeah it's like a month later or whatever yeah um so that's that's gonna be cool and then wave three is gonna bring the the mini factions in uh we're gonna get finalized on like the the core rules should be pretty finalized by that point and it'll just be sort of like interaction specific scenario things uh specific magic items like uh for example you're going to be able to find a witch fire which we talked about earlier uh and <laughs> that makes me so happy boy will that be interesting when you're able to summon thrall warriors every turn um yeah you won't be finding that until late game um or like you'll be able to find lola and if you've got a strong enough character because i think the minimum strength required to lift that thing is seven which is pretty high. Um, you're you're gonna have a mini butcher. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, you know there's lots of things going on there. Um, so that's that's kind of like an overview of how the. Oh, I didn't talk about verticality at all. So let's, let's talk about that real fast. So I want we want there to be a lot of terrain. Like you should be able to play this <laughs> on an infinity table kind of level of terrain. Um, it would look a, look a little strange, but it would yes. look a little strange. But you know <laughs> that that much terrain on there. Yeah, that's and the idea. Yeah. The the scenarios are going to come like pre-generated with put this kind of this kind of terrain piece in this area with these size parameters ish uh, in there. So there's going to be like pre sort of generated. This is how this should be set up kind of things for most of the scenarios. Um, for at least like several core pieces of terrain that need to be there because that's where objectives are going to be. And then after that, it'll be like, and then put this many more pieces of terrain on as you see fit um, kind of guides. Yeah. And if and you've seen order. any of the Himes or Necromunda, it needs to be dense. <laughs> yep. And uh, so with that in mind, you're going to need to be able to climb up into these things and jump off of these things and jump between these things. So we are kind of making a strength check-ish mechanic in the game. Basically, if you're going to climb up or down something and you're using a ladder or stairs or ramp, there's no check involved. But if you're just going straight up the, the face of the wall, you have to make a check. And to do that, you roll 2d6 and compare it to double whatever your strength score of the model is. And if the dice roll is lower than that, then you're good. If it ex equals or exceeds it, you fail. Um, now, it's important to note that a lot of infantry hovers between strength 4 and strength 6. The strength, uh, the strength six infantry will be able to climb up a lot of things, almost always succeeding, which is well, and, fine. And that's the cool thing is, 
like it's less useful for melee troops to get up onto buildings, but it's easier for them to do so. Yep. Yeah. Except absolutely. for except for Tharn Bowman. <laughs> except for Tharn Bowman. Yeah. Um, if you fail it, you fall. Uh, well, sorry. If you're climbing, you just don't get to climb it. You just don't. Um, and you waste your the movement of that. And you measure the amount of movement you have to go up as the height of the piece of terrain. Um, if you're like try, uh, and if the if the piece of terrain is equal to your base speed value, you have to add plus four to your roll. So if your strength is like I don't know five, so you need to roll a nine or lower to succeed, and it's six inches tall and your speed five. Now you need to roll a five to succeed because it's adding four to your roll and you will fail if you roll a five or higher. So it, you know, the bigger the piece of terrain, the harder it is to climb. Jumping down is exactly the same, except for if you fail. Failure isn't just an embarrassment. <laughs> no, if you fail, you, you, you land on your back and you're knocked down. Can we use the devastating uh, falling damage rules? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, we got that. Uh, and if you fail the strength check by five or more, you also take a damage. So if you really screw it up, like if you get like a twelve or something, and your strength is is three, then it's it's bad times. Um, also, because this is like potentially game ending, if you haven't used all of your action and at this point. When you, when you land, you can spend it to get up from that because otherwise it's like, I'm on my back for the rest of the turn and I'm absolutely dead. Um, uh, also known as the Blood Bowl rule. Yeah, nobody nobody likes that. Um, and then again, if you jump off something that's equal to your speed or more, you add to the strength check because it's like, I'm jumping off something really big. Um, and then jumping across, if you are jumping between two two buildings, that is smaller than your base speed and approximately the same height you just get to do it because i don't like adding unnecessary dice rolls but if it's longer than your base speed and you're like trying to charge across a gap or jump like run across a gap then you have to make the the same strength check and if you fail you fall and if you fail by a lot you take a damage so we are going to be testing these extensively yeah uh as part of the base yeah, not just for, like for balance, for making sure the rules, you know, function like they're fun and people understand them, all yep. kinds of stuff. Yep. So, um, uh, like, if you kind of want to talk about what our beta process is like, we've gone through it with Brawl Machine a lot, so we're pretty experienced. You kind of want to talk about like what we what we learned from it and what we appreciate comment wise. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing with this with this first beta wave, well, for all of them really, is we're going to be signing up people to play in leagues, basically. And what you're going to do is you're going to get to play one game a week. And because of the nature of this kind of thing, what I think we're going to do for the, the, the setup of this league is we're going to break people into pods of eight. And everybody's going to play through all three of the same scenarios because those are the ones we got. Um, but we're going to be asking for feedback on things like uh, how intuitive were, the, were XYZ rule. Um, and this is going to be like in a Google form that you fill out after the game. Um, was it awesome to get the treasure at the end? Was it underwhelming? Was it, you know, what, give us your reaction to that there will be a scale. And then we're going to collate all of that data at the end of this and tweak things. And if we get a similar level of participation to the Brawl Machine Leagues, 
which is ambitious. I would I would be happy with half that many. So for like 40 people, I would be like over the moon for. Um, we will get, you know, 120 games right there uh, out of that. And that's a lot of data points. And then we'll iterate on it and we'll do it again. And that's just kind of the process for the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, and the reason we're doing pods is that one of my major concerns with the style of game is the runaway effect. So I want to make sure that, you know, even if you're pair, like someone who's won twice is paired against someone who's lost twice, I still want that to be a game. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And we're like, you're going to get, you're going to just get things for completing a scenario. So you should still be able to progress. Um, maybe you <laughs> won't have like the insane magic weapon that somebody else does, but it's only on one character. And if you play smart, that character, like that character can only be in one place. So. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how powerful they are if they can't get to the things that they need to get to. Yeah, if, if we're super clever about it, the like it'll be basically winning means you get weapons and permanent stuff, but lo- or me- winning means you get like weapons and armor and stuff, but losing means you get these crazy injuries and contracts that, that keep you up in power level. Yeah, and uh, force you to do interesting things and keep your opponents on their toes. Um. So that's just kind of how that's going to play. There's some there's some other rule changes I'll just briefly go over. Um, Bloodbound, another recursion, is changing from bringing back models to healing models with the rule. So, like, if a Bloodbound model damages another model, it will heal itself or another Bloodbound model within X number of inches, I believe it's five, uh, for that many damage, which is still really powerful. Um, it feels necromantic to me and uh-huh. is not the headache of, like, put back a model when it's like no you're not doing that yeah so like do you think you think it's do you think it's, it's possible that we're just not gonna have any recursion except for like witchfire it's gonna be pretty rare be, i was gonna say it would at least if we do i think having something like that would be nice but it would be powerful as hell yeah like, like i'm worried about stitch thralls right so like yeah. necrosurgeon necrosurgeons yeah um but but here's the thing necrosurgeons can only bring back mechanothralls mm-hmm. so we just make mechanothralls the garbagey thing that they have to be, right? Like, Great. That's what they are. Um, <laughs> things like shield wall or, or other things that require you to be base to base with a model in your unit. Now just say you've got this rule. If you're fulfilling the condition of being base to base with another model with shield wall, you get the bonus. No um, order required. No order required. You've just got it. And it doesn't matter if you're like, I'm a temple flame guard and I'm a cinerator. You can shield gall. You can you can shield wall together those two things because they both have it. Um, so there you go, uh, and that would work for like defensive line, wall of steel, all those other kinds of fe- effects that work like that. Um, we're getting rid of CMA, CRA, and gang completely because we already have the add to your attack rolls if you're engaging with multiple things. Um, that kind of replaces that kind of thing. Most things that trigger on destroy now trigger on damage, like sprint or running gun. Um, and front arcs we're getting rid of for oh. at least the first round of beta testing. You tried to slip it in there. I did. Uh, <laughs> if people hate this, we'll put them back. And if people think it's great, we will keep them out. And then, oh yeah, this is another. This was another Jaden executive decision that neither of these guys have heard about. But Uh-oh. instead of trying to keep track of how do corpse and soul tokens, like, eh, uh, I'm calling them vitality tokens, and they're the same thing basically. Oh wow! They're generated when a character is knocked out, or when they are taken off the table from the bloody condition. 
and this is just my sort of way of being like, well, if you're playing against Cricks and like you've built your entire warband about around this like idea of I get better when my opponent's stuff dies, that sucks. And if it if it's really awful and complicated, we'll just change it back to souls and corpses. Mm-hmm. But we it, can we can do that. Yes, we can. But well, and here's the <laughs> other thing. In my head, I was like, okay, so I knock that guy out and I get a corpse. So what? He's still alive. Why don't I get his corpse? <laughs> you still need it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get his, He's still using I, that. Why Why do I get his soul? He's just knocked out for a second. And so that was my cognitive dissidence there. I was just like, this makes no sense. So I'm, yeah. I merged them and I was like, okay, they're vitality tokens now because I got their juices from them being <laughs> They're ichor. Yeah. Oh, there I don't want to know, man. Um... <laughs> So, yeah uh and i hope this is I, I think this is actually probably a good change and it makes sense to me and hopefully that bears out in testing because there's a few yeah, things sure. there's a few things like um you can get bone picker and death fueled uh as abilities that i really want people to actually like build around because that sounds really cool um but if it's like you actually have to kill a model for that to work that means you're not getting the benefit of it until like the middle of the game. And right. that feels real bad. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully it's yeah. fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. We just kind of wanted to talk about like just where we're going with that. And a lot of the stuff that this base is going to be starting up pretty, pretty soon. So you'll kind of yeah. get a sense of uh, be able to actually look at the, the whole thing. Do you want me to talk about warband composition real fast? Yeah, sure. Okay, so your warband is henchmen and a leader, and the henchmen cost roster points. I changed it, Brett. Yeah, thank go. you. Um, and leaders don't necessarily cost roster points unless they're based off of a really, really powerful model, in which case they do. Um, and so at the beginning of the game, you get fifty roster points to build your warband with. You also get thirty-five gold. The gold is used to purchase ability upgrades and weapons. And you can customize your leader's weapons and armor as much as you want. You cannot customize the weapons and armor of your henchmen, but you can give them more abilities. And the reason we're doing it this way is because this is a tool to get people to play War Machine. If they mod out a solo like Madness, like they take a Storm Knight and they give it, I don't know, a Dawnguard Sentinel Sword and also a Rocketman Jetpack... It's fine if that one model is not really legal in War Machine anymore, but if they, like, buy a Sword Knight unit and, like, a Storm Blade unit and start swapping out those weapons and then can't play with them in War Machine, that doesn't feel very good. So that's kind of how that got there. Um, So you can spend your 50 roster points on whatever you want from your faction to build your Warband. And then you can spend the gold to purchase stuff for your leader model. Your leader also just gets an extra ability at the beginning of the game. And it's really important to note that your leader... So the the example I'm going to use here is a Paladin of the Order of the Wall. Gets all of the baseline rules of that model except for the weapons. You have to buy those individually. And and mostly that's the uh, Warwick Siren's fault. There's a bit of that, yeah. The Warwitch Siren's Shadowblade weapon is pretty stupid. I don't even think you can buy it at the beginning of the game because it's 40 gold. Uh, 
Yes, it's it's 40 gold. <laughs> um, but so I'm just going to build like an example warband here because why that not? So, yeah. So um, let's say I'm playing. Should I play Protectorate, Crix, Signar, or Kador? Do Crix. Crix. All right. So let's say I'm playing Crix. Um, I have uh, I have available to me all of the non-character units for my roster or for my warband. And then I have available to me all of the non-cavalry non-character units and all of the non-character solos for my leader. So yeah, so no characters because uh, we want them to be customizable. We want them to be yours. And we want them yep. to have your own story. Yep. And then the, your leader cannot be a cavalry model at the beginning of the game at least because later on you can find buy steel mounts. And we're not limiting it to like, I'm a Bane warrior, so I'm on, I'm on an undead horse. But maybe you started with your leader as a Bane knight, and halfway through the game, you find a Tuffalo buffalo, and <laughs> you're like, I'm going to tame this thing. And you put your Bane knight on a Tuffalo buffalo, and suddenly it can bull rush stuff, and it's the best thing in the world. Um, which, since there's so much you know, terrain around, it's definitely going to get the slam off. Yeah, the super slam. Um, so uh, the 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 roster costs of these models vary a lot. The cheapest one on this list is a Cephalix Drudge, which is five points um, because they're bad. Uh, and then, you know, mechanical rolls are six. And then the most expensive one on here is a Bane Rider or a Soul Hunter are 35. So if you really want to bring a cavalry model as part of your warband at the beginning of the game go wild um but i think what i would do oh i haven't had to think about this what i would probably do is i would take a trollkin marauders for 15 i would take two mechanothralls for 12 so i'm at 27 and i have 23 points left and then i would take like hmm so i've got a marauder and two mechanothralls i'd probably take like a bane warrior and then just bank my three points for something else later down the road because or bane knight one of those two and so i got four and then i would pick as my leader who should be leading this is it weird if i want to buy thrall as my leader <laughs> yes that's extremely weird <laughs> that, that, that it's quite bizarre yes okay uh it's just this, this it. squad this squad headed into <laughs> into falling corvus following <laughs> dumpy the pile thrall there's actually a lot of character bile thralls now yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. that's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a a blood gorger would be my would be oh, my yeah. leader then. So he's like leading along the marauder. Um, and so I've got my blood gorger. He costs zero roster cost because he just doesn't. And now I get to pick out his weapons, which there's a huge list of, as well. Uh, and I, you can only get weapons at the beginning of the game from your faction, but you can find and loot weapons off of a whole bunch of other things. So that's not. A huge deal but i'm gonna give him i have 35 gold so i'm gonna give him a bane lance because i like it and bane lance charge yeah high power brutal charge set defense seems good uh that's 12 gold that's out of my 35 so i've got 23 left this uses up both of his hands for his melee attacks so he can't have another melee weapon oh he went back um, and had handedness since we last talked yes brett i've been busy um <laughs> And then I'm going to give him, so I have 35 gold. So I get to just pick a random ability out of the, the lesser abilities. I'm going to give him acrobatics. Actually, that makes no sense. I'm going to give him... It's funny, though. 
It is funny. Oh, no, you don't know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give him Bone Picker, and then with my last, um, I'm going to, like, bank some money, but, I'll, but I'm going to also pick him up um, Death Powered. Ooh. So, so he's a Blood Gorger with a Bane Pike who's got uh, Bone Corpse Picker and Death Powered. Yeah. And he yeah. picks up corpses and he adds them on and he gets stronger and, and uh, hits harder from did it. We, did we talk about um, the abilities? Uh, yeah, we, we mentioned them. Uh, they have a gold cost. Some of them yeah. are low tier. Some yeah. of them are mid tier. Some of them are high tier. Um, some of them are only findable or like lootable. Like, for example, Man in the Machine is a findable uh, thing. You're going to find like a Warjack. That's- that's terrifying. Why? Yeah. No. Because. Look what I found. I'm going to shove my brain in this jar. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like decapitation is one that you can find uh, out Although, there. Although I love the idea of having like a little mechanothrall that you just like shove into a warjack. And you're, <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, oh, little guy grew up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so at the beginning of the game, in the early levels, you can only find, you can only use, you only buy low tier ones like advanced deployment or um bone picker or catastrophic explosion or clear or <laughs> call soul or um what are some other ones dogfighter or exhaust fumes like these are low tier ones as you get in the middle of the game you get more powerful ones like apparition or ashen veil or advanced move or bird's eye or bloodbound or bounding leap or bulldoze or burrow um and then as you get into the end of the game you start getting into the nutsy things like blood reaper or brother's keeper or controlled warping because <laughs> i put that in there and my i am absolutely oh that's exciting absolutely, yeah i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have something with controlled warping dang it it's gonna be amazing or dark shroud or defensive strike or dual nope. attack no circle bias here no circle bias. I mean, okay, but here's the thing. I probably won't be playing circle. It'll probably be like... Well, especially when they're not available. Well, they will be soon. Um, but So if I took my, my Warband here and uh, took my, my Blood Gorger Bane Bone Picker guy, it absolutely makes sense to me that down the road he'd figure out how to do control warping. I mean, yeah. That, that fits. Why wouldn't you? That fits exactly right into my, into my headcanon of this model. Or this character already, right? Which is um, the goal of this game, right? Yeah, I am already like super invested in this warband, and maybe I'll play it for the league. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, and then, yeah, and then there's some that you can't buy, but you can find, or you can be granted, like Eye of Menoth, or Immovable Object, or yeah, Kind of like how Aw. we're You're not going to be able to just buy Witchfire. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to find it, <laughs> you're going to have to grant it, you're going to have to complete an objective to get it. Um, and then also there's some miscellaneous gear that like anybody can pick up, like a gas mask, or if you've got a warjack, which we don't have rules for that yet, but we will soon, um, you can get alchemically treated on that warjack. Uh, if you get a bunch of money, you can find, you can buy a horse. So there's, mm-hmm. I've put four different, uh, levels of mountain here. There's regular horses, which are speed eight, repo five, pow 10. They're 50 gold. Heavy calves are speed seven, repo three, pow, pow 12. They're a hundred. Mega horses, which are like the Dracoon and the Champion of the Wall horses, are speed 7, repo 3, pow 14, crit knockdown. They're 150. And is you can also buy things, abilities for your mounts, like uh, Line Breaker is one of them, or Crushing Weight is another one. Um, 
So if you're like, I'm going all in on this, like my guys of the Rohirrim, power to you. Um, and then there's like the specialized ones, like the Buffalo Long Rider mount or the the jumpy wolf mount. Uh, those are more expensive. They're 200. You have to find them unless you're playing that faction, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, yeah. I'm excited for the Tharn Wolf. That's all I want. I mean, yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll actually get rules for my Wolf Rider champion. I mean... <laughs> okay, so here's how you do it, Brett. You play a Druid. You find no, no, a you machine. play a Wolfstalker. <laughs> Just start giving him oh, melee yeah. weapons. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And then you get in there, man, little buddy. <laughs> then you find Man in the Machine and oh, that's cram him into a Wold, wold Warden. Or a Wold... Uh, <laughs> And no. then, uh, and then give him a spear, a shield. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then find him, and then buy the buy the uh, the wolf. And there you go. Uh, what a great plan. There you go. It's it's flawless. Um, some of my favorite models that are in here. Um, one of the one of the sole options that's for leader models for Signar is the Trencher Patrol Dog. <laughs> but it only gets to have one hand for weapons, so it can't have a spear. It can Aww. only have like a sword or a pistol. Until later, when you get the mechanical arm card, and okay. okay, there's something kind of horrifying about that. The like jam like a mechanical arm onto a dog. What if it lost like, an arm? It's a sentient dog, Chandler. It's like, do this to me. Do this to me. Make me the most powerful dog in the world. I don't know if that's better or worse. <laughs> that's worse. You know how that works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Hey, it's but it's hey. Yeah, this is not a play. This is not a pleasant setting we're playing around in here. Yeah. That's Not great. Making deals, um, yeah. old devils. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, beta should be going live either the day before or like maybe the day that this goes live. Um, I still have quite a bit of, of formatting to do, but as you can tell, the bones of it are really there. Yeah, and so this is this is another part of our beta philosophy is w- the first first thing we want to do is we want to start testing immediately we want to find what is and isn't fun then like the fine tuning <clears throat> is really important but that can come later yep and the more eyes we have on it the better exactly yeah so, because there are gonna I'm... be rules that i love but just like make the game horrifically unfun yeah actually most rules are like that yep yep all right, so that's Fallen Corvus, at least where it is now. Where it will get published in six months or so will be drastically increased. Um, but this is yeah. this is where so it be, started. Not to overpromise, <laughs> but like the, the thing we want to do is we want you to start with a basic character and be able to end up with anything currently in the, the Iron Kingdoms. Yeah, uh, uh, except for warlocks. Cards. Go nuts. Yeah, no colossals. If you want a warcaster, be my guest. If you want to be an infernalist, have fun. If you want to just be like the best arcane tempest gun mage that the world has ever seen and like find Kane's pistols and use them, that's probably a thing you can do. Um, and while that's a lot of stuff we got to get figured out, it doesn't all have to happen at once and it's going to be a really fun little journey. Oh, yep. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah. Yep, definitely excited to see that go into beta. I'm curious to see what uh, how people fuck everything up in the rule set. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I, I imagine <laughs> t- 
Can I tell you about some of the some of the rules that were caught in my first uh diplomaging mm. uh sure. no, I think that'd be fun to hear. Yeah. Um let's see. My favorite ones were I forgot to put a range on support. So like Fair. so yeah. like <laughs> there was someone sitting in his capital supporting battles halfway across the map. <laughs> <laughs> they were and i also forgot to say that you couldn't support yourself <laughs> <laughs> which seems like you shouldn't have to but <laughs> well and that's exactly the point is that yeah that's the things funny. we always miss are the things that it's like well common sense <laughs> but that yes yeah. we were right but that's there. what makes war machine wonderful is that you don't have to have those arguments yeah for sure yep oh yeah definitely yeah nice cool well Excited to see where that goes, but I think that's going to probably close us out for the evening. Uh, so, big thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. You guys are awesome and are what helps <laughs> justify the maddening amount of time we put into this <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's seriously a huge deal uh, for us. Thanks so much for supporting us, especially with how things have been uh, this whole past year. If you do want to check it out, check out patreon.com slash LOSWarMachine. Uh, and you can see all the little tiers that we have on there uh, for uh, our our tip jar, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you can also check out our website, which is loswarmachine.com. You can email us at uh, loswarmahords at gmail.com. Uh, you can find our Facebook, which is just line of sight. See all the stuff we got going on there. Or you can message any of us. We're reasonably friendly. We also have a Discord. The link for that should be in the show notes yep. uh, on the website. Uh, so if you want to join that, uh, we've got a lot of great stuff for like uh, mentoring new players, things like that. People are um, looking for games uh, for War Table, for Brawl Machine, and full-size games all the time in there. Um, so if you ever have any questions or just want to get a game in, it's a great way to do it. And uh, yeah, that's it. Well done, everyone. Yay! This is the last yeah. one we're recording for the year. Here's to a better. Here's to a better 2021. <laughs> We'll see y'all next year. Bye. Uh.